bit of a drum roll, I think, for this. And I don't think too many people are going to be surprised by the number one reason to move from Ireland to Belarus, Dublin versus Minsk. What is number one now? So just before I dive into today's video, I want to just tell you about a good option if you're actually going to come here to Minsk and you rent apartments over staying in hotels like I do. And Minsk House Apartments have actually been hosting me here and have some cool apartments. So instead of going on Airbnb, which is what I normally use, uh, because I come here quite often, I have relationships with the different um, real estate agents who rent out the apartments. So it's just a way I'm going to link them below and you can contact them if you're coming here and see if they have an apartment for you in those dates and then you don't basically have to pay the the Airbnb fee so it's gonna save you a little bit of money so go check them out uh, I've enjoyed staying with them so far right in the center of Minsk Sar experience Privyet is Minsk so greetings from Minsk I'm here in the capital of Belarus and today I'm with the only other Irish guy who comes to Minsk I believe I'm here with Niall or Neil and um, yeah maybe introduce yourself first uh, yeah. what, where you're from in Ireland absolutely okay so welcome uh, Dobre Vecher uh, my name is uh, Neil I come from Waterford in Ireland and uh, I've been uh, living and working here in Belarus for the past uh, four years uh, so it's been a good time here I really enjoy, enjoy it here and um, otherwise I'm known as the Irish partisan for my YouTube exactly channel. so Niall has started a YouTube channel where he vlogs here from Minsk. So I thought it'd be particularly interesting to ask him today to give us five reasons why you should move from Ireland to Belarus. So that's going to surprise a lot of people, of course. Uh, for you, those of you who don't know me, uh, this is the Vodka Vodkas. First of all, I'm Conor Klein. This is our experience. And actually, I was also born in Ireland. So this is one of the reasons why I find it interesting about uh, Niall's choice to move here. Um, because it's Vodka uh, Vodkas and I've been under pressure all the time to really make it a Vodka Vodkas, we actually have some vodka to kick it off yes we have look at that and probably blow out the mic when i do that yes i have to use my okay, hand on mic so all right so sloinche which is cheers in irish mm -hmm. we actually got some good stuff this is not belarusian we actually have some great goose this, um, this is not bullbash yeah exactly uh normally we go for something local but uh in this case we actually have some premium vodka left over from clubbing <laughs> over the weekend so uh now i just started this youtube channel uh, it's definitely it's the only youtube channel by a an expat living here in belarus so if you want to know what's like actually you know kind of day-to-day -day in minsk which is obviously a little bit different a lot different to what i show you here on the channel then go check out um now channel i'm going to link that of course below in the description to the video so now uh we're both irishmen yeah that's right and i mean i have my reasons that i think a lot you know mm -hmm you understand already why I'm in Belarus yeah. uh, but give us another perspective um, maybe give us a little bit of a view of how you ended up here because it's a very unusual decision obviously yeah. for an Irishman to um, to come to Belarus and actually now reached out to me on Instagram and honestly the only reason I replied is because I saw he's Irish and I thought wow there's another Irish guy here. It's well, like, actually, it's like actually, it was the other way around. You reached out to me. You liked, no one, of my, you liked one of my ah, photographs. Okay. Apparently, oh. I came across him. I forgot that. Yeah. yeah, I came across his photo randomly yeah. in, uh, on Instagram and liked it. So then uh, they reached out to me. So yeah. uh, give us a little bit of a background to um, yeah, what you did in Ireland, maybe. Okay, well, okay, just to uh, just put a very short, it's just a short story. But anyway, I come from Waterford. And in 2006, I moved to Dublin uh, to live and work in Dublin. And while I was working in Dublin, uh, you know, I 
that I was working for the Royal College of Surgeons, the Royal Medical, that's the medical college there. Uh, so I was there for about eight years, and towards the end, you know, I was I decided I needed to change in my life. You know, I was, I was the office boy kind of thing. You know, I was working in the cubicle. Not a nice place to be, by the way. No. About 15 years ago, I was a student in Bulgaria yeah. on the Erasmus program, and I met a good friend. I made a good friend from uh, Belarus. His name is Gleb. So uh, we made good, we were good friends. Uh, fast forward then a few years, we kept in contact. Then in 2014, we had the uh, Ice Hockey World Championship here. Uh, it was my first time coming to Belarus. He uh, actually told me to come here because at the time you needed a visa to get here. As yeah, I remember those days yeah. as well. We needed visas to come to Belarus. Yeah, that's right. Pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, came with the match tickets, went to the Czech Republic Slovakia game, had a great time. First time at an ice hockey game. Uh, it was a great, absolutely great time, fabulous time. Spent nine days here. 2014. That was May 2014. Great time. So I, I vowed to go back again. So fast forward two months, I was made redundant from my job. I had some money saved up. So then I decided to, uh, you know, get a teaching certificate and study for that. So in January 2015, I came out to Minsk. Uh, I met up with my friend. Uh, we were out drinking beer one night and. Uh, friend of his friend came along he asked me what I was doing and I said I'm doing, not doing anything and he asked me what are you qualified in I said look I'm do this and this and so on I have an educational background uh, so he said you know there's a company looking for looking for you I said really they're an IT company the PAM systems this is something very important about Belarus because yeah. IT yeah. is a very good it's, uh, strong yeah. sector here in the country mm -hmm. so basically yeah I know you yeah. already told me this story. It's, a, it's an IT hub here like yeah. you know uh, so anyway uh, to cut a long story short I, sent, I submitted my curriculum vitae. I got the interview, passed the interview, I was offered the job. Boom. That You're was living that. in Minsk. Living in Minsk. And the fact that I was already here was a huge plus to me getting the job. Cool. So. Right. So it's a little bit serendipitous that you ended up in Minsk. Yeah. Um, let's go into the five reasons why you should consider moving from Ireland. And this obviously applies a lot to if you're living in you know, Western Europe in general, I think, and maybe North America. Uh, and coming to live here in Belarus, something that most people, you know, would think yeah. is kind of insane because obviously the immigration flows are normally from east to west in Europe still, mm -hmm. uh, and especially from Belarus, maybe not necessarily to Ireland, but to uh, yeah. countries further west like Poland. So, five reasons, Niall. Let's start off with number five. Of, we're going to reverse order. Yes. Okay. We'll go from number five to number one. Okay. So number five, IT. Yeah, IT as we, as we As I mentioned to Connor earlier on, IT is a, is a huge uh, boon to this economy. Um, Belarus, about 10, 15 years ago, they began, the government here began to diversify its economy, moving away from agriculture into more high-tech uh, sectors within the economy. Banking, uh, financial services, and all, in particular IT. So in 2008, uh, the government built the uh, technolo technological park in Uruce in Minsk. And this is the idea was to attract companies to come here and buyers to come here so Belarus would be at an IT tech hub. Belarus, as far as I know, is in the top five countries in Europe in relation to the IT industry. There are many, many startups here. And of course, you've probably heard of some very famous uh, startups, for example, uh, Viber okay. from Belarus. Right, that's a good and one. Uh, also as well, Wargaming. Yes, this is the thing that gets promoted by uh, Belav even. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and as well as that, MS Cured. Okay. 
So Viber, if you don't know, it's a messaging service similar to WhatsApp or mm -hmm. using Facebook Messenger. Uh, and that started here in Viber. It's very popular in Eastern Europe, especially in Russia or mm -hmm. in Ukraine or here in Belarus. Yeah. So you see, that might surprise, uh, I guess, people who are not familiar with Belarus. But um, one of the things I find uh, interesting is the number of programmers who are number one female. First of all, the number of programmers, but that's yeah. because it's a very high paid profession relatively here in Belarus. Mm -hmm. uh, and number two, the number of girls who do it. And That's number right. three, the number of very attractive girls uh, okay. who actually do it. Because uh, it's not something you would, ex you know, a programmer is normally the stereotype in the West. is mm -hmm. some geeky guy uh, with probably acne, who's socially awkward um, uh, as normally a programmer. But here the, the standard programmer is a bit different looking because it's such a high, a lucrative profession and a high That's status profession in the country. Yeah. So yeah. definitely the IT, IT sector and actually just the technological level in Belarus mm -hmm. is something that even surprises me at, time, mm -hmm. at times. I'll give you a little, little example. In the metro here, which is actually just over there, the one of the metro stations, uh, you can just go past with your phone, with your credit card, over the turnstile, and boom, it actually just deducts the money. You can go straight into the metro. That's something mm -hmm. that actually in most, I haven't seen in Western Europe actually in any country. In Germany, it definitely doesn't work. Yeah. I don't think it doesn't work. You have to get your bloody Oyster card all the time. That in thing. London, yeah, that's uh, right. Such a pain in the ass. Uh, but here, actually, you don't need to buy anything. It just swipes it and within literally a split second, you're yeah. through. Um, right. so, so this is some of the things that surprised me in terms of technology. Also, their buses and stuff are all electric here. Um, a lot of uh, a yeah. lot of electric buses, in particular the trolley buses, they're yeah. all electric. And we also have uh, trams as well. Yeah. So, so yeah. there's things like that that would probably mm -hmm. surprise you if you came to Belarus. They're actually pretty advanced, uh, and IT sector definitely a big thing, and it's something that attracts a lot of foreign investment because obviously yeah. the salaries here in Belarus are overall lower than in the rest of uh, Europe. Proportionally, mm -hmm. it's one of the, the cheaper countries for labor, yeah. and high-skilled labor is obviously very good value here. A bit similar to Ukraine, but um, yeah. yeah, in that sense. Okay. So we've done number five. Number four? Number four, crime, or indeed, the lack of it. Yeah. Belarus is one of the safest countries in Europe. Uh, it has the lowest, one of the lowest crime rates in Europe, uh, such, and you can see that. Uh, you know, you can walk around any part of Minsk, indeed, any part of the country, at, a, at an ungodly hour, like 3, 4, 5 a.m. in the morning, and there won't be a saint or a sinner who would uh, lay eyes on you. Yes, and I think I was just here with a client for the weekend, and he was surprised with just a lack of dodgy-looking people in the city center. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he's living in Copenhagen. He's actually about to move to Eastern Europe. And he said, like, in the center of Copenhagen, you have to be careful all the time. He's had three times people tried to steal his watch in three years. Uh, a lot of beggars, a lot of, like, just unsavory-looking characters who want to probably try and rob you if possible. Here in the center of Minsk, you don't even see those people. They're just, like, mm -hmm. I'm guessing that if they show up, then the fact that there's a police officer yeah. normally every 300, 400 meters here, uh, yeah. They just, spot them pretty quickly and move them on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just non-existent. Yeah. And in the four years that I've been here, I think I've only seen one fight and one guy, one gopnik getting chased by a policeman. Yeah. That's true, by the way. Yeah. I'm just trying to think in other countries. In the center of Dublin, how many, like, uh, how many unsavory characters or pickpockets do we see on, you, on an hourly all, basis in the center? All you center? have to do, like, when you're in Dublin, right, all you have to mm. do is walk down Westmoreland Street, cross the bridge into O'Connell Street, Okay. Which is the main thoroughfare in the center of yeah. Dublin. Yeah, and you're walking down a Collins Street, then you walk, then you walk around the Talbot Street, which is which is the, the street adjacent to O'Connell Street, and you'll see some rather unsavory characters. A lot yeah. of drug addicts as well in the center of Dublin. Yeah, like, on heroin yeah. and screaming and. Uh, yeah, probably mm -hmm. shooting up. So <laughs> the scene in the center of Minsk, the center of Dublin, it's just like, 
it's completely the opposite, basically. Here the it's, contrast is yeah. just... Yeah. I mean, here people are also very polite, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, people are not rude or aggressive to you in general in the center of Dublin, mm -hmm. God above. It's like, <laughs> um, yeah, having some uh, little gurrier probably say something trying to provoke you is a pretty common occurrence, if not, you know, violence. Also, um, Niall mentioned the fact that he's only ever seen one fight. Yeah. Ireland when the pub closes look you know it's, it's just like it's like battle royale basically you know yeah. outside the chipper at the, well all the nightclubs close back home but you know 2 30 a.m in the morning and it's like you know wwf um summer slam yeah. yeah so basically chipper if you don't understand is like a fast food joint and Ireland has some like really awful fast food where you have a lot of drunk people mm -hmm. at you know, three in the morning, basically, with not else, not much else to do than to beat each other up. No, um, that's basically it. So Ireland has an issue, and also UK as well, in my experience, yeah. an issue with like um, late night violence results of alcoholism. And people drink here an awful lot, which is the ironic thing. Yeah, but there's no crime, there's no yeah. violence. I think uh, the Belarus think has the uh, per capita is the, is the highest consumption of alcohol. They tried the to dispute that with me in every video, every yeah. local, but apparently Lithuania has now overtaken them. Yeah, I um, think we're number four, number five. Uh, we're number four, number five. Yeah, that's according to the uh, World Health Organization. So we're great. I, I believe that. Oh, we're I'm surprised we're that low. But, okay. Uh, yeah. So you see that here, like Belarus and Ireland, I think have a few things to unite them. Normally, uh, terrible weather, which today, which was yesterday here, but unfortunately, yeah. we have a beautiful evening uh, here in the center of Minsk. Uh, potatoes. Obsession with we potatoes, love potatoes yeah. yeah. Both of us and alcoholism. I think they're probably uh, the three yes, things. Yes, alcohol as well. We love alcohol yeah. too. So, so yeah. but here, if you come to Minsk, definitely crime is very low. I'm not sure what the stats are. It's yeah. one of the lowest in Europe for sure. Yeah. And um, I'll give. I've talked about another anecdote in one of my previous videos that I'll link up in a in a, in a card and down the, the uh, down in the description to the video, where my phone went missing. Uh, here in Minsk, I actually had taken a flight out of the country to Brussels in Belgium, and. Um, I reported stolen and they just basically spoke to everybody I had seen in the previous 24 hours until they yeah. found my phone or looking at the CCTV uh, cameras at the airport until they found it. That's how serious a potential crime, because I just had a lawsuit, I didn't say that had actually been robbed, yeah. is taken here. And I think it's that zero tolerance uh, and the apprehension rate, right? Because one of the things that I, I studied when I was a lawyer yeah. uh, is actually what is the effect of the sanction? Like basically if you give people one year, 10 years in prison, you're gonna have a death penalty for whatever crime it happens to be versus the likelihood that they perceive they will be caught, yeah. right? So if you live in a country like where there isn't much, people will get arrested for crime. Like mm -hmm. in Dublin, it's probably not the worst in Europe, but still like it's probably, if you yeah. pickpocket someone, they probably calculate they're not gonna get caught nine times out of 10. Um, it's a bit different in Belarus because I think it's probably mm -hmm. nine times out of ten you're going to get caught. That changes completely people's um, relationship with whether they're going to commit a crime again. Because okay. if you basically assume I'm going to get caught, then very few people rationally will commit a crime. So that's something that um, here in Belarus definitely, yeah. uh, definitely helps a lot with keeping the crime down. Good. So we're going in reverse order. So now reason number three to move from Ireland or somewhere else in West Europe to Belarus. Number three, Ivory three, the quality of life. Now that's going to shock a lot. I think a lot of people in general. I'm not sure if it shocks it you in particular, but all right, tell us it's, now. It's why gonna is make, it? It's, it's going to make a lot of people sit up and take notice. And, yeah. I'll, and I'll tell you what the quality of life. Okay, your public transport here. The public transport here is absolutely yeah. amazing. I think we should preface it though with a contrast to Ireland, where the public transport is a fucking debacle. Basically, uh, like <laughs> Belarusian, Belarusian railways and CIE. There's just no comparison whatsoever. Yeah, like. All the trains, the buses, the trolley buses, the trams, they all run on time. Now you compare that to like an intercity rail with CIE in Rodern, uh, 
okay, if the train is like 10 minutes late, that's a massive achievement. It's chalked down uh, by Irish Rail as a major. Oh yeah, we got them on time, 10 minutes late. Okay, there's a metro here. Yeah. There, there is none in Dublin. Okay. And uh, they spend, how much Ireland spend? If I don't know, if maybe I can even put it down in the description. Number. On the what? On the Lewis. Ireland has two tram lines, basically. Two tram lines. To, okay. They Dublin. spent, they spent in total about 1.2 billion euros. Think about it. 1.2 billion euros, uh, not Belarusian rubles. Can uh, you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine how many boats we could have hired for that? How many boats could we hire for 1.2 billion yeah. and got a big party with a load of chicks on it and all that? Uh, you know, I think that's unlimited. Yeah, yeah. Bramovich, okay, if we rent a super yeah. yacht, okay, yeah. with 20 models, yes. Absolutely. Uh, we'd run through it a little bit quicker than you think, in my experience, but yeah. well, it would certainly be uh, better money spent than on Ireland's two tram lines through its yeah. capital in Dublin. So here, the metro is actually pretty good. It's clean, it's efficient. It runs until what, about, uh, almost until one o'clock? Uh, yeah, day. one o'clock, yeah. Yeah, about one o'clock. One o'clock, yeah. Uh, right. It serves the city pretty well. Mm -hmm. It's not amazingly well, I have to say, but it does have, like, they're building a third line that they haven't opened, so they plans to expand it. It's extremely cheap. That's the yeah. big difference. Like, um, because as I said earlier, we just scan our cards or our phones over the mm -hmm. uh, turnstile, the scanner and the turnstile. Yeah. It's less than 30 euro cents a ride to go anywhere in the metro in mm -hmm. uh, Minsk. It's probably about 28 yeah. cents at the moment. Uh, I don't remember what is the Lewis, which is our, which is Dublin okay, Stone. Uh, the it's Lewis, probably a euro. It's, it's like, if I can remember, um, if you're going say from, let me think, if you're going from say Sandyford into the city centre, or even further, it's going to cost you about three euros. Three, three for, euros for one journey. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, basically, Ireland that. has a bit more. Dublin has more like zones. So if you're in the centre, it's probably. Yeah. I, I don't know the current prices. I haven't been. Yeah, I haven't, been, I haven't been back. I, have, I, look, I haven't been back to Ireland since since uh, January, and you're the you're like you're you're the first Irish bloke I've met here. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't been back for over a year, but I'm going to so go back go. next month. So yeah, uh, yeah. definitely going to catch yeah. up. I'm going to take the Lewis and see what the current price is. There well, you see if you if come you to the if outskirts. You don't, if you don't get beaten up or robbed or stabbed by a junkie, you're all right. You know, so. That's already an yeah. achievement. Yeah. So yeah, as you can see from that uh, example, like if you were to come from the outskirts, basically yeah. of, the, uh, of the city in Dublin to the city centre by tram, which takes yeah. a long time because it's not actually a metro. Mm -hmm. It's not actually that quick versus the metro here it would mm -hmm. be 10 times more expensive actually over 10 times more expensive right, in ireland that is just absolutely remarkable yeah. in difference yeah. of price so there you see um quality of life okay. in, gen in general and need i need i mention um healthcare? people yeah. people come here from western europe for health tourism they go get their teeth done so you go see a dentist uh, you go to a doctor oh by the way i've actually referred two people from the uk to come here to have medical procedures done and they have the nhs you know that yeah so basically it's free medical care yeah, free medical care basically yeah it's top quality but um the difference in a lot of western european countries and in ireland as well is like waiting times to actually get a procedure done mm -hmm. uh it's quite long and here it's actually pretty quick in your experience right yeah so it is very very quick for example i had an operation on my back uh to remove a, a cyst um a benign cyst about two years ago Back home, I got the same procedure done in the, at the Rings at the Rings End Clinic. Uh, I had to wait about a month for that to be done, and it cost me 160 euros. Uh, the surgeon didn't do a good job on it. I, I got it done here. Uh, I, I had to wait about a week, and it cost me about 20 dollars. All right, so there you see again. I mean, we're also going to go into cost, the difference in the yeah. cost of living and stuff, but even the quality can be higher in a lot of cases like with infrastructure yeah. there you see with uh, medical care in the east of europe mm -hmm. in a country like belarus than it is going to be in ireland which is 
GDP per capita is the second highest in Europe. I'm not sure Switzerland's higher, but in, definitely in the EU, it's, it's number two yeah. after Luxembourg per capita yeah. GDP. Um, and yet, infrastructure sucks. Um, public services. How about so pollution, right? Because uh, yeah, pollution. Mm -hmm. Because because public transport is so bad. So we have a car culture. Yeah. It's just fucking and terrible. If you want to get from A to B in Ireland, you've got you've got to get into your car, and off you go. Yeah. Whereas here, get on a bus get on a train whatever you know and uh, moreover uh, you know it's 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 low price yeah on top of it mm -hmm. so yeah I think the main point there is just basically <laughs> that sometimes services are I'm not gonna say exaggerate say everything is better here in Belarus in terms of services and whatnot I think maybe things like quality life probably restaurants it's probably yeah. slightly better in Ireland because there's more there's just more economic turnover there the country's exactly, obviously very yeah. wealthy so mm -hmm. we have a little bit more choice I would say in terms yeah. of restaurants and food uh, okay. here in Minsk it's completely fine there's enough like my client was here all week and he, he loved the food mm -hmm. for example but I think once you go to the smaller uh, cities like Gomel's still good but when you go to smaller cities, it's pretty limited in terms of choice for but, it's that, but it's cheaper yeah it's cheaper but yeah. I think in terms of choice we're talking about quality of life uh, we'll say um, you know, if you have the same, well, obviously if you have the same amount of money, it's going to be better mm -hmm. here. But if you're getting paid as a, maybe you came here, we're getting paid, for example, a Belarusian salary mm -hmm. versus an Irish salary is obviously going to be multiple times. Yeah. Then that discrepancy might might be removed. But still, um, there are a lot of things that are better here in terms of services than you're going to find in Ireland, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, second mm -hmm. highest GDP per capita, which That's is right. astonishing, which is actually more an indictment in Ireland. And of course, um, no, and of course, we don't have chronic homelessness here. Yes, either. There you go. Um, so you don't have to have homeless people come to you every yeah. day. All right, we've spoken enough about quality of life. Number two, Niall. Give it a toe. The cost of living. Cost of living, which is basically a segue into cost of living, which it's, is what we started talking about. Actually, we actually led nicely from the previous one into this one, yeah. cost of living. Okay, now, uh, can you imagine renting an apartment, uh, a one-bedroom apartment or two-bedroom apartment in the, you know, in the center of Minsk for the pricely sum or the princely sum of between three hundred and five hundred dollars a month. Can you could you imagine that? Could you I imagine could, doing the same? I hang out here, could you imagine <laughs> doing the same thing in Dublin? Uh, in Dublin, I think the homeless shelter that I'd have to pay to as a homeless person would cost me more uh, over the month than uh, an apartment in the centre of Minsk. Guys, if you ever on Twitter, all you have to do is go into Dublin. I think it's the Dublin rental Twitter uh, page, and it's just it's just amazing. Like there are people shell shelling out fifteen hundred euros a month for a shed in Clontarf. A shed. A shed. They're converting sheds in Clontarf. Well, I heard that they, they were passing a law to basically allow you to have tenement squats. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> bring back stuff that actually the Irish had, you know, passed laws to ban because it was basically unhealthy, unhygienic to live in such yeah. squalid and tight conditions. But apparently it's, because of the rental prices at the mm -hmm. moment in the centre of Dublin, they've basically tried to change the law. I'm yeah. not sure what happened. It was last time on the radio. Basically, home, but basically we're t we're, we are returning to a strumpet city. Yes, exactly. So... As you can tell from that, uh, accommodation in Dublin is extremely expensive uh, compared to Minsk. I mean, it'd be the same. I mean, is it? It's probably. It's pretty comparable being in London. My sister lives in London, so I know about the struggles of being there in terms of the price of accommodation relative to your salary, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the thing that people forget. Like, obviously, salaries um, in the UK or in Dublin are a lot higher than here in Minsk, but the problem mm -hmm. is your expenditures are going to be massive and one of the biggest expenditures people of course is um, accommodation yeah. and if you want to live in a nice part of the center of Dublin a nice part mm -hmm. like um, yeah I can't really swap because I never worked in Dublin but I mean Munich is pretty comparable in Germany I worked there as a lawyer and I'm used to make a very very large salary there and I remember 
just like, and this is like eight or nine years ago, the apartments I wanted were like 3,000 euros a month. I mean, that's to live in the center in a nice place. Um, yeah. And I think Dublin can't be too far off those kind of prices. No, it's To not. live in a nice, like spacious apartment in the city center. Uh, where I, like, I'm just thinking where I'm renting per night here and I'm renting mm -hmm. off Airbnb, which is obviously a huge premium. Um, but it would still cost me like less than a, less than a thousand euros a month uh, yeah. renting off Airbnb. So like, if you were to take it for the month and negotiate, you can obviously get that down to 500, 600 euros. That's actually, in the, I think, one of the best locations in the entire city. And it's a nice apartment. Um, I mean, you could do better. You could get a, a bloody jacuzzi and yeah. have a huge balcony on it and maybe a bit bigger. Pimp, it up. pimp, pimp it, up. it up a little bit. But I can't imagine it could possibly cost you more than yeah. maybe 1,500 euros, no. no matter what you do in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, that would get you basically a shed. Yeah, on the outskirts of Dublin. So, of uh, <laughs> all places, <laughs> not a place you necessarily want to live or in. Clondalkin, or Clondalkin. <laughs> so, not a place yeah. you even want to be hanging out in. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of restaurants, I mean, I remember last time um, I was back, like just while well, having a decent, like lunch in a nice restaurant. Mm -hmm. What we say in Ireland, it's going to cost like, without alcohol, at least fifty euros, I think. Yeah. Or would you say at least a minimum 50? A minimum, uh, at the bare minimum 50 euros per person. Uh, per person. You, uh, if you want to uh, have a decent meal in the restaurant, it's going to cost you about 70, 75 euros. Yeah, yeah. Before you have alcohol, which Irish yeah. people obviously do. So we're going to talk about well, at least 100 euros. Mm -hmm. Here in Minsk, even, I mean, there are, of course, you can spend as much money as you want. You can go to the top restaurant, you go to Cafe Paris or uh, Grand Cafe or something like that and spend an absolute whopping fortune if you want to. Yeah. Right? You can spend that on a steak there. Mm -hmm. But I would say, like, Good high-end restaurants here, um, about 30 euros maximum. Yeah, I would say, and then even even with a glass of wine on that, I, I would and say it's, it's even cheaper in the provinces. Oh, the, the provinces! <laughs> I mean, go, in, go in Gomel, it's half the price. Go to Mogilov, people. Go to Mogilov. It's crazy. It's crazy cheap there. Yeah, Mogilov. Well, oh, yeah. well I, I know in Gomel, it's like most food restaurants. It's close to half. 60% yeah. of mints. So we're talking 15 to 20 euros for like where we ate because we're actually in Gomel together. Uh, mm -hmm. A couple of months ago, just before yeah. now, I started his channel. Uh, so I don't know, Mogliov, I have to go to yet, but if you're telling me Mogliov is even cheaper, it's 10 to 15, probably. So yeah, there you're, you're looking at. You're going to like, you're going to like Mogliov. You're going to like I think it. I'm going to like it for a lot of reasons, but I think gonna, Oh, yes. Uh, so there you go. So that's the comparison. We'll say a 100 euro meal in Dublin, probably mm -hmm. here it's 30 to 40. Mm -hmm. And if you go, well, I mean, that's a fair comparison because they're capitals. I mean, if you okay. were to go to Galway, where I'm from, it's not going to be 100 euros, it's probably going to be 60 to 70. Um, my favorite restaurant is about 100, but that's really like going to Cafe de Paris. So, mm. um, there you can see the comparison, probably about a third of the price. Yeah, there you Boom. go. Anything else? We've already talked about public transport. Uh, we talked about what about fuel, gas, oh, or the Americans call it fuel or gas. So, uh, yeah, as far as I know, I think it's something like 75 kopecky uh, a liter here. Okay. Yeah, which is extremely cheap. What's that? It's about 35 cents? Yeah. 35 cents. There you go. There what, you is, go. What, what is it in Ireland at the moment? Um, see, I don't drive, so I don't know. I think it's over a euro. Yeah, <laughs> I don't it's know. a lot over a euro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So okay. if I were to fill up, anyways, I don't remember that. These are things that are going to verify uh, next month when I go back to Ireland. How much all this costs? I'll pay you better gonna, attention. You're, you're going to get a heart attack and go back. Uh, yeah, after uh, all this time in Ukraine, Belarus, and, and Russia. Mm -hmm. Although St. Petersburg was not that cheap, so that was probably, but St. Petersburg was a lot cheaper than Dublin. Yeah. I'm not sure if we have any more comparisons for cost of living, but basically, uh, the, it's what? We will say in a ballpark, it's. 30% of the cost uh, to live here. Yeah, 30%. And especially that's experience with my clients and mm -hmm. me being here and my friends being here and obviously now. I mean, of course, if you want to live super cheap, maybe it's a bit of a difference, but for the kind of standard living that we're doing, it's like 30%, yeah. basically. So you can pimp your lifestyle um, and basically do that for a third of the price yeah. that you would in Dublin. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Pretty much. So, 
bit of a drum roll, I think, for this. And I don't think too many people are going to be surprised by the number one reason to move from Ireland to Belarus. Dublin versus Minsk. What is number one now? Captain Obvious. Girls. Yes. Um, it's why we're here. Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> Basically, I have lots of uh, videos, as you know, on this channel saying why I come to Belarus and why Belarusian girls are so uh, attractive to date, uh, even compared to Ukrainians and uh, Russians mm -hmm. uh, to a certain extent. Uh, so it shouldn't be a surprise that compared to Ireland, a country that, uh, let's yeah. be frank, is not known for the beauty of its girls, even though we did have one winner of Miss World before. Or Miss That's Universe right. Yes, we did. Yes, we yes, did. We were, we, were very, like, we were very proud of that. Yes, it was uh, yeah. pretty miraculous, uh, I thought. But anyway, it's fair play to her. Yeah. So, give me, give me a bit of a view. Is it just the beauty? Is it the, um, how would you say, the interaction with girls, like the personality, the values? Well, what attracts you about Belarusian girls well, over the Irish Okay, lassies. well, uh, basically it's the whole package. Okay. Aesthetically, they're, they're aesthetically pleasing. I'd say yes, definitely. Okay. Uh, they're very, very nice, very beautiful girls. Okay. Great appearance. They keep themselves in shape. You know, they work out. Uh, you know, uh, they go to gyms. They eat. They eat. They don't. Uh, no, like if you go in Dub, if you go walk around Dublin, if you walk down um, whatever Harcourt Street, whatever outside Copperface Jacks, you know. <laughs> you have to tell what Copperface Jacks is. Yeah. Copperface Jacks is kind of like a meat market uh, club in yeah. in Dublin, where people basically go to get laid. Yeah. No, guys no binge drinking. No girls stumbling out of chip chip. Uh, yes, chip, this is what you chippies or uh, you know kebabs. You know, you know, and they're, they're not overweight. You know. So they hold themselves up very, very well. Yeah. Okay, oh, beauty, absolutely. Now we're, let's let's talk to the feminine side, not feminist, but feminine. This is very, very important. Uh, they know their role in society. Uh, they know that they're there, you know, to be a companion to a man. Uh, I I have found, I have found them easy to be interact to interact with them. Uh, you know, uh, they're very sweet. Uh, you know, they don't they don't give you the mind games like. The, some of the girls do back home you know I don't know maybe I'm looking at it with the uh, the green with some green glasses you know maybe our faraway hills greener maybe so maybe not but in that part they trump the Irish girls 100% well obviously yeah. I completely endorse that opinion yeah so I have several other videos I'll link up in cards and down in the description yeah. about uh, dating in East, Eastern and Western Europe, mm -hmm. the comparison of dating and feminism. Yeah. Also, obviously, I, I did another podcast episode with my friend Andy. Mm -hmm. uh, here, actually, we shot in Minsk, where we actually rated Belarusian girls number one uh, as a complete package. And obviously, I do this comparison, obviously, like 10 reasons to, or five reasons to date a Belarusian girl and five reasons not to date them. But I actually struggle to come up with five reasons, to be honest. So, um, <clears throat> in terms of looks, the average Belarusian girl is slim. Uh, this is something that obviously is a huge contrast to Ireland where um, the majority maybe of girls, at least 50%, are overweight, if not yeah, obese. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically they're, you know, in terms of attractiveness, mm -hmm. I mean, being obese is so unhealthy. Um, yeah. So completely eliminated as an option to start off with. Um, in addition, obviously, to being slim, they tend to have, I mean, that's why there's so many models from this entire region, right? High cheekbones. In general, they're probably a little bit taller, would you say, than Irish yeah, girls? Yeah, definitely yeah. a bit taller, yeah. 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 Um, and the nice thing about it is that, um, you know, they, they even keep their looks into their 30s and 40s, which is great. If you like older chicks, like I do. Okay. She's a bit of a MILF uh, I love my MILFs, yeah. <laughs> so definitely in terms of beauty, natural beauty, Belarus, right up there. Um, Right up there with Ukraine and Russia. I mean, there's a huge difference. Lithuania also a lot of beautiful girls in the Baltics. So, um, 
if you're interested in beautiful girls who are slim, uh, then it's kind of a no-brainer in terms of moving from Dublin to uh, Minsk because I, was, I would say, what are we talking about, a factor of 20, I would say. I'm not to say there aren't beautiful girls in, in some beautiful girls in Ireland. I mean, in every country there's going to be uh, oh, yeah. some beautiful girls. And actually, yeah. I remember I went with a Brazilian model that I was dating uh, to the best club. I don't remember the name, but some my friends told me it was one of the best clubs. So I went there, and there were actually two or three really top Irish girls. So I'm not saying you can't find any beautiful Irish girls. The difference is the number, first of all. So yeah. it's going to be about 20 times higher here in Minsk. Mm -hmm. So then the average girl in Minsk is like way, way, way more attractive looking mm -hmm. than the average girl in a city like Dublin. Even allowing for our immigrants from Eastern Europe would definitely improve things dramatically. And yeah, share the love, you know, yeah, share yeah, the yeah. love, you know, yeah. just in, in, you just improve the gene pool. I'm all for it. Yeah, we're all for import, importing foreign girls in Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. From Brazil, from Africa. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of Brazilians. That's true. Africa, well. you know, Asia, get them in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm all for it. You just spread the love. Absolutely. So, would you, uh, let's uh, delve a little bit deeper. Um, in terms of values, um, you, yeah. I mean, obviously, here that it doesn't have. Feminism. I'm not personally against like earlier feminism and women having rights at all, but this kind of obviously radical feminism is just a joke mm -hmm. and a very uh, destructive in a lot of parts of um, Western Europe. Not necessarily Ireland in particular, but I'm saying Western Europe and North America. Yeah. Uh, in terms of values, do you uh, maybe let's talk about materialism? What do you think? Do you think because this is a stereotype also in general, not necessarily in yeah. um, Belarus, but in East Europe in general, that women are more materialistic? What would you say? What's your reaction compared well, to Dublin? Okay, well let me address this point. Um, I have dated girls from Russia and from Ukraine definitely girls in Ukraine and certainly parts of Russia are definitely more materialistic than the girls here in Belarus yeah absolutely I would say overall yes yeah um, you do have obviously a few gold diggers everywhere but I think it's comparable to Ireland to be honest yeah uh, I think definitely. Belarus um, <clears throat> obviously I made a few videos about why not to date Ukrainian girls a few more that I made about Belarus and actually we're editing up uh, the third installment number three where I throw the Ukrainian girls under the bus one more time for views since mm -hmm. they were so popular the last two videos we're gonna have that coming out if it I'll probably try and link it up in a card if, uh, awesome. if we have that so even compared to Ukraine Belarus uh, less materialistic and that's been my experience as well yeah. so I definitely agree with now on that mm -hmm. one um, so there you have the five reasons five reasons to move from Dublin uh, which is the capital of the EU's second wealthiest country in terms of GDP per capita mm -hmm. uh, and come to Belarus which probably rates you know amongst one of the lower countries in on the continent of Europe in terms of yeah. GDP but there are five reasons for you to consider moving from Dublin to Minsk. Niall has done it he's not regretting it um, and he's a very happy man here and definitely go out and go and check out his videos he calls himself the Irish Partisan uh, maybe tell us why it's the Irish Partisan obviously you're Irish so that explains the first part well, what are the Partisans? Yeah. Okay well the Partisans were the anti-fascist fighters during the Second World War uh, you know uh, very very celebrated uh, not only like in Yugoslavia but also here in Belarus yeah. uh, they're very famous uh, and they a lot of them were Jewish as well, right? A lot of them were Jewish as well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So I kind of uh, pay homage to these guys, to the anti-fascist fighters who fought, who fought the Nazis. So why not? It's partisan, it's distinctly Belarusian. So have a bit of both, a bit of Irish and Belarusian. Put it together, Irish partisan. Exactly. Yeah. So celebrating both of our cultures. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, go check out Nell's channel if you're interested in coming to Minsk in particular because most of the information is going to be about Minsk. And uh, that's it. We're going to go and enjoy um, the, the great cost of living. What else are we going to enjoy this evening? The better infrastructure. Um, yeah, well, maybe, probably not the maybe, IT. Maybe some vodka as well. Like, yes, yeah. we're going to knock off this vodka okay. and then go and hang out with some beautiful girls. So, and have a very typical Minsk, magical Minsk evening. 
see you in the next video go check out another channel of course if you like this do that's all the whole stuff of liking videos and whatever liking the video and subscribing and hitting the notification bell that you're probably bored of hearing right. me see um sloan lat which Slán is goodbye sloan gafol which is goodbye in irish and sloancha and see you in the very next video um probably going to be about ukrainian girls this is Vidanya. Bye-bye. Sar Experience.